Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. And find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. You can leave us a message there if you like. Uh, like the page, and you'll have a chance to win some uh, some nice golf gear, some swag from Second Swing, and some 18-hole uh, rounds coming up as well as far as that goes. And also uh, Podcast One. Find us at Podcast One under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Chris Foley with me. Chris, exciting week for uh, your family. You had a uh, good success by your young daughter, and uh, she will be representing the Brainerd Warriors at uh, State this week. Or next yeah, week, I guess. <laughs> next week, next Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, the, the, the girls had a real nice showing at sections. Unfortunately, the, the team did not uh, did not get the – get it done and qualify but uh very tough alexandria team and uh they uh you know alexandria had had beaten brainerd the the majority of the meets this year so uh they were definitely the favorite and uh but we do have we've got three girls going to state my daughter katie uh anna krieger and then izzy olson so we're we're well represented even though we, we don't have the team going yeah, very much so, and it was very, very close. Really, we were up by four the first day, which was uh, quite good. Izzy, was that the best round she's ever shot, Chris? First day? Yeah, it is. Yeah, as far as I know, yes. Yeah, seventy. Best, or, best round in competition for sure. That was uh, that was impressive. So that was fun, and Katie had a great bounce back day the second day, and that was funny because I was uh, recalling our interview with uh, last week with Jeremy uh, Millsop from the paper and. He laid it out almost perfect, you know. His scenario was, can the two girls from Alexandria carry that team over the depth of the Warriors over a two-day tournament? And uh, sure enough, the two Alexandria girls ended up tied for first yeah. and did just enough to uh, keep the Warrior girls out. But we get uh, three of the top five other spots, which is impressive. Yeah, it is. It was, uh, it was good to see and uh, should be fun watching on State next week. And where are they playing, Chris? They are at Bunker Hills in Coon Rapids. Oh, nice. Yep. Then on the other side, Brainerd had one had one boy make it through. Uh, Eric Stockson. Eric Stockson. Uh, I, I I hesitate because I always call him Phil. Eric's left-handed and <laughs> he's got a beautiful golf swing, so I always I, I always call him Phil for Phil Mickelson. But, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Eric's had a fantastic season, and uh, you know he, he really works hard in his game with uh, my assistant Ryan Sharp and. Uh, it's, it's been really fun to see Eric's success, uh, over the, over the past three or four years, but, uh, uh did a great job in, in the whole season, but in sections, especially there. And back Erholtz was maybe the favorite in his section and, uh, he ended up winning it, but also a really young Staples team ended up winning the section in that, in that class. Yeah. Staples, Staples came through, you know, they, they've got a great tradition of golf in Staples and. Uh, that continues, and and also the the Pequot Lakes girls. Yeah, doing doing very well, and uh, yeah, that was also kind of kind of what uh, Jeremy had thought. He's, he was the you guys were the young the young golf uh, uh, what guru was on that interview. So that was great. A couple of tough things happened to some favorites. Uh, um, positive test shook up uh, John Rahm's plans. That was. Amazing, really. When I, I I saw it at the end of the round on Saturday, and uh, I don't know if they could have handled it better. They did they did it right after the on the 18th greens after 54 holes when he's dominating the tournament, probably more so than he ever has on the PGA, leading by six at the Memorial. And they say he had a positive test this morning. We just got it back. 
and he has to he has to drop out of the tournament, which was uh, just unbelievable. And what a what a tough break. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting how it all shook out. Um, you know, the, 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 they allowed him to play the whole round, but told him, you know, in the midst of the, the crowd almost on, on 18. So it was it was a very weird situation how it happened. Um, and really a, a shame that, it, uh, you know, leading by six, defending champion, and, and he uh, unfortunately had to withdraw. Uh, looks like he's going to maybe be able to play in the, the U.S. Open next week if – uh, if he continues to, you know, if he can test negative before that time period. So he's got to be in isolation for 10 days. So interesting situation. Yeah, had it was asymptomatic, and I was kind of kidding with somebody. I said, well, obviously it doesn't affect your physical skills because he was able to build a six-shot lead at the memorial over three days. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So he must have been uh, feeling okay. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, interestingly enough, he, I, I'm not – it's surprising that he hadn't had the COVID vaccine prior, but he they had a they had a COVID clinic Monday of the memorial. He got his first shot, but obviously that uh, doesn't it didn't have enough. He was exposed before that, so yeah, uh, yeah. interesting scenario. But, but you know he lives in Arizona, with twenty twenty nine or thirty years old, so he wasn't quite he wasn't eligible uh, yet in Arizona to get it. But you would think as a professional athlete, maybe would would have been given opportunity so interesting situation and the uh, u.s women's open chris at the olympic club you were talking last week about what a wonderful golf course that is yuka sasso uh wins the tournament uh a philippine star she's just 19 years old is uh, is just the way on the women's tour anymore she uh finished uh, 72 holes tied with nasa hataoka of uh, japan i believe and it had been american lexi thompson's tournament all day until uh, about three or four holes to go, and kind of the collapse and the and the curse of the Olympic Country Club, Chris. Yeah, gosh, the, the Olympic Club has seen some uh, some major upsets over the years, starting with Ben Hogan in the uh, in the early 1960s, getting beat by by Jack Fleck and Payne Stewart getting upset there, and um, the last time that it was played at Olympics, so it, it, it's handed down some uh, some major defeats to uh, to superstars. But uh, boy, that Yakasaso, she made some putts, especially coming down the down the stretch there. She was unbelievable. Yeah, she sure did, man. And another 19 year old on top of the world on the LPGA. It's just yeah. extraordinary how young the talent is in the in the world of uh, women's golf in particular. Yeah, it's it's very impressive. A couple of uh, good guests coming up, Chris. Uh, you, you've landed some pretty nice ones this year already, and Katie Rudolph is uh, uh, going to join us. Yeah, really looking forward to talking to Katie. Katie is a graduate of Little Falls High School and had a great college career at Wake Forest and and is uh, the coach to Mega, uh, Mega Gan, or Gana, who was the uh, sensation at Olympic. Yeah, boy, she was fun to watch. She was so enthusiastic. Then we'll have uh, Chuck Kletkatsky on with a, a very, very cool new project in the Brainerd Lakes area, the Gravel Pit, a new golf course, which we might be lucky enough to uh, see this fall, but certainly for next year, so that'll be fun. This segment brought to you in part by Maury's, where you can always eat more fish. Stop in for lunch at their mobile galley in Brainerd. Great lobster rolls and fish tacos. 
I love Connie's crab dip. Maury's in Motley and Brainerd. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ the fan. And find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons as well. And also Podcast One, your home for Minnesota podcasts, including Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Chris, very special guest today. I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome Katie uh, Brenny Rudolph to the show. Katie is a graduate of Little Falls High School, won the Minnesota State High School Championship, and played uh, collegiately at Wake Forest, and is uh, is the coach of Maguguna, who went, was uh, the low amateur in the in the Women's U.S. Open last week. And welcome to the show, Katie. Hey, thank you, guys. And don't forget, I won the, the uh, Minnesota State Am as well. <laughs> That's true. I, nice. I forgot that part of your resume. <laughs> uh, it's it's awesome to have you on the show, Katie. I, I wanted to get you on because I I've kind of followed you and uh, Mega's journey throughout the years, and um, I I didn't get to watch a ton of the women's open, but it was so refreshing getting to watch her. She uh, she just looks like she plays with such joy, and uh, what a great player, what a great smile, what an unbelievably intelligent interviewer. And tell us tell us about. Uh, kind of your journey with her yeah uh i everything you saw is is really the the truth um she is that sincere and she really is having that much fun and she's just uh, a quintessential kind of first tee kid that we we like to produce and and pump out 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 here in in new york um but if i met her when she was seven and i talked to her I gave a speech to a group of kids, a group of little girls, just about what it means to be a girl and a girl that plays golf. And apparently it resonated uh, because I saw her again the next week and she was by herself. I didn't know that she was in the crowd when I gave that speech. Um, but then I saw her again the next week hitting golf balls by herself and I saw her golf swing, which was just incredible and uh, fabulous. And I said, hey, uh, who are you and where are your, where is your mom or dad? Um, can I can I talk to them? Um, and that was 10 years ago already. So, so good stuff. Mega, she's, she's 17 now. Is that right? Yeah. 17 going on 35. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, she's participating in drive chip and putt and won that. And I, I think I read correctly. She, she's the first drive chip and putt participant to play in a major championship. Uh, she has been uh, drive chip and putter for four times now, uh, so that's pretty exciting that she did DCP four times in a row. And those programs, um, those programs are, they work. Um, what What's pretty cool is she did uh, LPGA girls golf. She's been a first tee participant. She's been um, uh, drive chip and putt. She did junior PGA junior league. Um, she is a product of all these initiatives that exist right now, and it's just so cool to see uh, a product of those initiatives playing on the biggest stage in the world um, last weekend. Yeah, that's really cool. Katie, tell us, tell us about your background. I mean, you, know, you, you had a great amateur career, and you've been in New York running the, the first T program in New York. I, I believe I just read you were, you're now going to be the NYC women's golf coach. Yeah, the NYU um, women's golf coach. Or NYU, excuse me. Yeah, well, I uh, I grew up going uh, around and around and around uh, Little Falls Country Club fairways, uh, 
And to this day, I stand by that Little Falls Country Club is my favorite golf course I've ever played. And I, I really taught Mega in the same way that I was taught, and that is um, just really to play golf. Uh, I don't use um, technology with Mega. Mega's never been in a track man. Uh, she's never, she has done simulator type things, but she is not one of those kids that needs to know her numbers or wants to know what her numbers are. Um, and that's the way that I grew up playing. And I went around the fairways with my brother and my brother and I, we just, we just wanted to play. And that was, we had, all, we had options. We could have been out on the river. We could have been doing anything that we wanted to do because it's summertime in Minnesota and we wanted to play golf. So that's the way that I've been teaching mega as well. And I feel like, I feel like it's unconventional, uh, certainly nowadays with all of the options to technology that we have. Um, but it, it's pretty cool. But that wasn't actually your question, so I apologize. Kind of sidetracked <laughs> no. there. But your question was, uh, what, how did I get to where I am? And uh, I, I just genuinely have a love for the game. And Mr. Colshaw taught me, Cully, taught me how to play. And um, he he made golf so fun and uh, pressure-free. I never felt pressure on me. I always enjoyed that spotlight. Um, I enjoyed being in the newspapers, and uh, and I tried to pass that experience on to Mega as well. Um, so I, I hope it showed last week. I think it did. Um, but she's just been a really happy kid. Tell us about, the, for those who don't know about the first he. You've run that program in New York. Tell, tell us about the first tee and how she got involved in it. It's, yeah, the first tee is a really wonderful organization. And if, if anybody out there is listening and wondering how, how can I help out or how can I get involved, um, you don't need to write a million-dollar check, but stop by and, and give, give whoever's in charge 20 bucks and say, uh, this is to buy the kids a pizza. Um, it's just a really wonderful program that exists for kids that otherwise wouldn't have access to golf. And you might be scratching your head because you're saying, Hey, uh, we heard that, that Mega's mom is an endocrinologist and her, you know, they, they don't sound like they're uh, struggling financially, but she's a, she's a first generation uh, immigrant from India. And just because they have money doesn't necessarily mean they have the privilege to be out at the private golf courses and the private country clubs. And um, First Tee is a program that welcomes absolutely anyone and everyone, uh, regardless of regardless of what your background looks like. And I, I think sometimes First Tee has a little bit of an image problem because people think that it's just meant for kids who are underserved. And uh, we'll take kids that are underserved, absolutely. Um, and that's uh, something that we keep our door wide open for. But the, the truth is we'll take any kid that wants to be involved in this program. So it's a, um, it's an, it's all inclusive. Yeah, having access to golf has a little bit to do with financial means, but you know, a lot of times a, a place like Brainerd, we have some wonderful golf. I mean, just world-class golf, but it's not necessarily accessible to kids. And I, I think that's the same way it is in, in, you know, New York City, like where you're at. 
there's there's a lot of wonderful golf, but it's not necessarily accessible to a lot of kids. And that's what the great things the first tee does is is make makes golf accessible as well as teach all these great life skills and golf values. Yeah, I I think back about when I was a kid and uh, I lived on the 16th hole at Little Falls Country Club, and I could I could roll out of bed and be swinging a golf club within less than 60 seconds. And when I moved out to New York and saw just how impossibly hard it was for kids to get access to a golf course without having to to somehow have some financial means to, to do it, it broke my heart a little bit because uh, golf was golf is such a big part of who I am and it was such a big part of my childhood and and what we did as a family, I, I mean, half of our family's vacations revolved around following me somewhere around to go to watch me go play golf in a tournament. I mean, it was, a, it was so much more than a game for our family. It, it was a, a really special thing that we did to spend time with one another. And um, it, when I got out here to New York, that very much wasn't the case. And I worked really hard to, to change that through our first tee program. Katie, one of your your opinion, you know, you've got Mega, who's 17, who's competing on a stage with the best players in the world. Uh, Yuka Sasso, who won the championship, is, is uh, 19. You have players like Lydia Ko, who won at 16 or 17 on tour. How do, how do these girls, you don't see it in the boys' men's game, how do these girls get so good so quick? That is a really, that's kind of the question of the hour, because while Mega was 17, and I feel like she did steal the show a little bit, um, despite not despite not being the winner of the U.S. Open, the girl that won is only 19, so right. they're they're about a year and a half apart. So it's um, not to say that this isn't doable. Um, I don't actually know the answer to that question, um, other than uh, it's a good one um, <laughs> because you don't see it on the men's side as much uh, in terms of kids that just just come out there and get to work you know in in meg's case i I, like i said it was so much fun watching her because she she plays with so much passion and joy and um unfortunately kind of going back to your background growing up playing little falls country club every day i grew up the same way i put you know i just went round and round the golf course and i could not wait to get to the course in the morning and i think one of the things that's wrong with the game today and at youth athletics in general is kids don't play for the fun of the game um all these you know kids that are playing at elite level they're playing to get to the next level rather than you know developing a passion and a love for the game and letting things happen rather than forcing them and um how do you what's your opinion how do you how do we bring that back into the game we at our first tee, um, it's the it's a, it's a tough uh, tough reality. But the the problem is the parents. Um, our parent, the kids' parents now are putting an unrealistic amount of pressure on on kids. And mm-hmm. um, Mega is going to inspire a whole generation of kids to pick up the game to see. I mean, there were little girls and little boys too dying to line up to meet mega after she played this past week um but that instantly 
you'll instantly hear parents start saying the word scholarship. And yeah. <laughs> golf is golf is more of a culture, I think. Um, and I don't know that parents that don't play golf don't understand what a culture exists around the game. And I think about every job I have. I met my wife on a golf course. I, I every single thing I've ever done in my life has has really somehow tied back to this game. Um, and did I set out to do all that? No, but I I play golf because I love it. I never, I was never out there swinging away trying with only the end goal in mind. I always enjoyed every step along the way or tried to enjoy. There were some heartaches, of course. It's, it's, it is golf and it's pretty, it's a mean game sometimes, but you can't keep that and that end end goal can't be the only thing that you look at all day um, because you do need to enjoy this process and because it's a really big one it's a it's a long process and I'll just you know I, I teach mega and I had to with her parents early on I I did tell them that this isn't going to look conventional of what you typically see um, Mega and I are only going to have fun, and that is all we're going to focus on. And fun is a tough word to define because fun sometimes I think people translates to silly or uh, uh, it's hard to define what fun actually is. But from keeping Mega content while she was out there was the only goal that I've ever had. And every time I had Mega, um, which has been 10 years now, it does cross my mind. Did we do enough today that she says, I can't wait to come back tomorrow. And I think where some kids and some, where some parents are kind of missing the mark a little bit is pushing so hard to try to go to the next level, next level, next level. What ends up happening is that kid, whether they say it out loud or not, uh, has decided in the back of their mind, like, I don't, I don't want to go back tomorrow. And when that happens, um, it's it's hard to explain. It's a it's a fine balance for sure. And um, I'm not a parent, so I'm <laughs> I joke with the Ghanais that uh, this is as close to parenting as I'll ever come. <laughs> Katie, I was wow. going to ask you. I love how golfers, uh, kind of the mindset of golfers, uh, their memory and that kind of thing. What's your um, memory of your your uh, your Minnesota State Am victory. I remember uh, my brother-in-law Eric Thomas was on the bag, and I was uh, heading the wrong way fast, and I couldn't run out of holes soon enough. Um, <laughs> so I was just trying to get it to the clubhouse. Is what I remember about my State Am victory, and I remember Eric being on the bag, kind of joking with me. He's like, "You don't pay me enough to be to do this." And so <laughs> we we snuck in the clubhouse uh, just in time because I was going the wrong way fast <laughs> on that last day. <laughs> the wheels were wobbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Katie, what what are Mega's plans going forward? Mega is. She's only a junior in high school, so obviously she has another year of high school left. Um, she's not surprising. She's just as normal as any other kid, and she really does enjoy a good balance of, of life and being with her friends and just doing things off the golf course. Um, obviously, she gets to work when she's on the golf course, but she is 100% just a fun, lighthearted, 
wonderful character, um, kind of a kid off the golf course. Um, she has coming up this summer. She has a, a number of events. The next time you'll see her on TV will be in August at the Women's U.S. Amateur, and it's exciting because it's here in New York. Uh, right in Westchester, which is about eight miles north of New York City. And I think Mega made a lot of fans um, last week um, just just by her presence and her the way she carried herself on TV. So I think it'll be really neat because I think a lot of people will come out to watch her in person um, at that event. But she's got some good events coming up. She's going to play in the Junior Ryder Cup, Junior Solheim Cup. Um, I hope she gets an invite to the British Open and she got a sponsor's exemption into the ShopRite, which is in the end of September. Um, so she has a robust schedule coming up this summer for sure. That's you can great. see the pure yeah. enjoyment that she has from the game, and obviously that came in part from you, Katie. That's a, a, what a wonderful way to look at the game. Yeah, we, we have a really good time. Um, if people always ask, like, what's your secret? And it's, I, I have... It's not a secret. We just have fun. The 99% of the coaching that I have given to Mega has taken place just while we're out on the golf course. I I don't like to um, I don't like to teach like in a traditional on a driving range or or in a hitting bay very much. Um, obviously, I live in New York City, so there's many months where I have to. Uh, but I think the the best learning happens when you're on the golf course, and that you can find yourself into in different situations. And I mean, if you watched on Sunday or any time during the week, the kid the kid can get up and down out of a dumpster. She <laughs> she's so good um, scrambling, and she's so good around the greens. And um, without without that, uh, you, you wouldn't have heard her name this past week if she hadn't brought her short game with her. Well, that's great stuff, Katie. We're, we really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your knowledge and, and your experiences last week and with uh, Meg's career. Yeah, that was, it was fun. I, I, uh, I had a lot of Minnesotans uh, reaching out to me, and I've never forgotten my Minnesotan roots ever. Uh, and I, I, I miss, uh, miss all my pals in Little Falls, and it was such a special place to be a kid and get to, to grow up in that town. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone <laughs> to raise your kids in Little Falls. No question. Katie, thanks for joining us. We sure do appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. That's Katie Rudolph uh, from Little Falls and uh, Mega Gane's coach, who just she played so well this week in the Women's U.S. Open. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and on uh, Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and also at Podcast One. Lakes, Woods, and Irons, a good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, including Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Have a good friend of ours on, an old friend of the show, and just a friend in general, Chuck Kletkatsky. Chris, uh, Chuck's got quite the, uh, quite the uh, a great project for the Lakes area, I feel. Yes, he does. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, we had you on a, a couple weeks ago talking about Craigans, and uh, since then there have been some some changes in your career. Tell us tell us about those. Yeah, after 24 years at uh, Craigans Legacy Courses, I made a move over to the uh, gravel pit. So we're opening a new golf experience in the Brainerd Lakes area, uh, right next door to the Legacy, interestingly. So I didn't have to go very far to uh, to start this new project. 
Yeah, guys, the gravel pit experience is going to be a 13-hole par 3 course as well as a 13-hole extreme putting course, um, sort of fashioned after the Himalayas at uh, St. Andrews. Chris, I know you've been there. I have many times. So we're going to have a... Yeah, I was just going to say, Chuck, you know, tell us about... So it's only 13 holes. It's par 3. You took me over the the site not too long ago. It's a very dramatic site and uh, truly a gravel pit. It's some great sandy features. Yeah, the uh, Toomey family had owned this land for a number of years, and they partnered with Scott Hoffman, the designer of the Classic, and has done a lot of uh, renovation work and things in the in the area and in the state. And Scott came up with the concept of uh, of building a golf course in this in this this gravel pit, and the land just sort of spoke to 13 holes. And as we were talking about it and designing it, um, we didn't want to force 18 into it or necessarily cut it off at nine. And so it's kind of a unique a unique number, but uh, that's what the land that's what the land kind of spoke to us. So it's got uh, you know a big wetlands, a big uh, lake in the middle of the property, a number of sand dunes and things like that. So it's really quite a spectacular uh, setting uh, right here nestled in Brainerd Lake area. It's quite a cool uh, opportunity, Chuck. Too. I know you spoke at uh, we spoke kind of at length about. You know, your, the great feelings you've always had for, for Craigans and still have, but it's an opportunity that uh, you felt like you couldn't pass up. Yeah, it's really just, um, you know, we're hoping to just be another amenity in the Brainerd Lakes area, but, uh, between the Classic and Grandview and Deacons and, and you know, uh, the legacy and all the golf in the area. We hope that uh, men and women that are, are looking for an additional experience uh, will come on over to the gravel pit and check us out. The clubhouse is going to sit up on this big ridge, and you can see all 13 holes from the deck. We're going to have two separate decks overlooking the grounds, and it just should be just a spectacular setting to watch your friends play or just kind of watch some activity and and, uh, give people a chance to enjoy nature. That's one of the reasons that we designed this uh, the way we did is that, obviously, as a gravel pit, we were taking a lot of earth out of there, and Nathan Toomey and his family decided that they wanted to stop that, and do something that was more sustainable. So we've used fescue grass for the tees and the fairways and uh, bent grass for the greens. And the fescue is very takes very little amount of water as well as a low chemical um, application in order to, to, to thrive. So uh, we hope that this is going to be environmentally uh, protected as well. Chuck, they haven't been in construction very long, but you're, you're, you've come a long way. And uh, it sounds like you're going to be seeding the golf course very shortly. What do you expect to open? There's an outside chance that uh, we might have a little bit of golf this September, uh, depending on how the greens come in. Maybe we'd have a little bit of a preview play, but mainly in the spring of 22 uh, should be the, the opening of the gravel pit experience. And how about how about the other amenities, the putting course? And I think I heard you were going to have bocce ball and some other things. Yeah, we're going to do some things that are uh, kind of fun. If, you know, Obviously, the golfers are going to have, have the golf experience uh, on the 13 par threes, but we've got a 13-hole putting course. Uh, that'll that'll allow people that are sort of non-golfers to come on out and do some uh, almost miniature golf type of uh, experience on natural on natural grass. We're gonna have two bocce ball courts right up by the clubhouse, and just in, you know a lot of experiences so people can come out. And if you're a golfer, that's awesome. But if you're not, you can just come on out and have a have a beverage or enjoy the enjoy the other amenities. On the extreme golf, Chuck, because it so it must be pretty lengthy. Some of the holes are pretty lengthy. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, Holes range from 60 yards is our shortest hole, all the way up to 200 yards. Um, we've got a couple of blind shots out there, and there's some great elevation changes. I mean, that's the interesting thing with such a small site 
is how much elevation change there is. And so we're going to have some really, really fun golf shots. And the greens, our first green is uh, over 15,000 square feet. So Scott Hoffman, our designer, was talking about naming that. And he says we may, maybe we should name that one Can't Miss. <laughs> I'd take that as a challenge. Exactly. So the greens are going to be the, one of the big features at the gravel pit. They uh, are modeled after a lot of famous architectural um, greens. So they're one that's going to have, be a punch bowl, and uh, there's a rudan. And just a lot of uh, a lot of unique things. So even if the, the holes don't necessarily play very long, um, depending on where we put the pins, it could be a very small section of the green that is the appropriate place to uh, to hit it to. Well, that sounds really cool, Chuck. I, I'm uh, I'm excited to, to, for you to get open and so we can experience it. Yeah, it's, uh, we're uh, just turned the irrigation on this week, and so now we get to put some seed in the ground and uh, start growing growing it in. But it's uh, uh, located on the goal. River Road, uh, just north of the Legacy property, so it's pretty interesting to still be uh, still be neighbors with such a great uh, facility. Were you kind of involved with the shaping and that kind of thing where, when uh, working with Scott a little bit, or was that pretty much Scott? No, it's been interesting teamwork uh, between Nathan's ideas and Scott. Obviously, is the is the main designer, but we've walked the property a number of times and moved tee boxes around and looked at how greens could could set into the property and things like that. So. It was really, uh, really enjoyable to be able to be part of that process. Scott's such a great uh, man as far as taking input and then, you know, shaping it into into the earth. So it's going to be a, it's going to be quite an experience. It's a very, very walkable golf course, uh, but we will have golf carts out there for people that don't want to walk. So we'll have uh, kind of a, a lot of different experiences going on in this little property. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. If people want to find out more about it, uh, Chuck, how can they do that? Well, I've got our website going, so that's gravelpitgolf.com. And otherwise, they can call my uh, my phone at 218-330-1558. But we'd love people to uh, follow us on Facebook and, and check out the website and uh, start to get uh, get a picture of, of what this Gravel Pit experience is going to look like. I think everybody's excited. Everybody I've talked to that's even heard about it. First, some of them are like, what's happening? And then they're like, great. So, <laughs> the well, I appreciate you guys uh, supporting it and, and uh, helping me spread the word. All right, Chuck. Thanks for taking the time. Sure appreciate it. Thanks so much, Chuck. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Chuck Kletkatsky, and that is the new the Gravel Pit, which is uh, coming to our area, 13-hole, par-3 golf course. going to be a lot of fun. We'll keep you updated as that project goes or, uh, go, uh, comes along. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons and also on Podcast One at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, brought to you in part by Legacy Courses. Legacy Courses under some uh, construction, but a great summer going on, 27 holes to play, and uh, all kinds of amenities for you, too, at Craigans. Chris, a uh, couple great guests, uh, Katie Rudolph, just uh, Boy, can you see why Mega's personality was so sunny at the U.S. Open? So is her coach, Katie. That was a wonderful conversation. Yeah, Katie's a she's a special lady and great playing career, and it, it just does a fantastic job with kids. I've I've had an opportunity to observe her on occasion, and just great. And Chuck Kletkatsky from uh, the Gravel Pit, which is uh, something to look forward to in the world of golf in our area as well. Some. Uh, Kids looking forward to the world of golf. You've got your junior golf uh, program underway, Chris. Uh, uh, just the first few practices this week, and I'm I'm sure that uh, getting 
getting a little bit of discipline that first several days is interesting. <laughs> well, it's fine. We're we are into into our junior programs uh, fast and furious this week. Everything from snag golf, which is our uh, youngest kids four and five years old, to uh, our development one and two program, and our high performance program, and our girls golf excellence program. So we've got. Uh, we kind of got three days under our belts, and there's a lot of activity at the Legacy right now. Yeah, I'll bet. Boy, that's uh, uh, like herding cats, I bet, right at, at the very first part. <laughs> but that's got to be a blast to see those little kids uh, uh, first hitting the golf ball, especially that uh, snag class must be really, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You got, uh, at, at that level, you know, probably those uh, three varsity girls that are going to state, uh, they're just PGA tours in those young kids' minds. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> we've got some of those kids helping us out as long as well as uh, my wife Amy, who's a kindergarten teacher. She's she's like the Pied Piper with those little ones. So. That's nice. Yeah, along those lines, Chris, uh, they're just in the of course the very beginning process of golf, and everybody tries to get better. Like you've said many times, uh, the great thing about golf is you can always uh, get a little better tomorrow and uh, or today. And uh, let's talk about the process of getting better as we get into the uh, really the uh, guts of the golf season now June July August September we got some great golf uh, to do in our area so how about a little uh, from the tee the process of uh, getting better no matter what level you're at you know what one of the, one of the things that uh, you know especially this time of year as people start working on their games more and we've got some nice weather one of the things that I try to stress to my students following a lesson is you know we, we've, we've generally worked on we've given them one or two or three kind of key things to to work on in their golf swings or uh to work on in their total game and you know the the, the one of the hard things about improving in golf is coming to the realization that the same error or errors cause four to different four to five different misses so you know typically somebody they go out in the golf course or they're or they're practicing and let's say they hit you know, they slice a ball and the, the next swing, they're trying to correct that slice. And then, then they, you know, they hit behind it and hit it fat. And then the next swing, they're trying to correct that. And so they tend to go down this rabbit hole of trying to correct the last shot rather than working on the root cause of the problem. And so if you've taken a lesson, you've getting, you've been diagnosed and you get, you get this information. If you just stick with those one or two, two, key things on every swing and when you do hit a bad shot just go back to that rather than trying to correct the last shot and uh your improvement's going to be much more rapid and you'll get you'll get back to center so to speak much quicker and and the people that do that you know improve much more rapidly yeah i thought that was very interesting and when you've uh, corrected my misses a few times and uh uh, I had the uh, kind of the duck hook left. You'd say, when you miss, how do you miss, basically, is how the process yeah. starts. And I say, I go left or I go over there to the right. And, and you basically sure. said the same thing, that it's the same, it's the same error. Yeah, generally, you know, the, 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 really the three things that have the biggest impact on the flight of the golf ball are where we impact the ball on the ground, the club face of impact, and then the path or the direction of our swing. And any change you make has to be to affect one one or all three of those. And so generally our, our, our path is going to be very consistent. 
and uh, from swing to swing, the path doesn't vary much, but but where we impact the ball on the ground will, based on timing and where our club face comes into impact, our tendencies are and have an understanding of that, then it's much easier to uh, you know to self-correct. And that's that's always our goal and our instruction is that people learn what their tendencies are. They know how to correct those tendencies. And then they, when they get off, they, it's much easier to self-correct either on the golf course or on the range. And Lee Trevino might say, and then hit 300 a day, and that might help. <laughs> That's right. That helps <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's good advice, yeah, and easy to take to the golf course and the driving range. And uh, you can't correct. Uh, there's a million solutions in the world of golf, so you really need to simplify it, don't you, Chris? Yeah, no, no question. And uh, a big part of it is just having the right information. Um, if you have the right information and then, you know, have a diagno- diagnosis for that, then you're going to get better. All right. Coming up next week, the U.S. Open and uh, at Torrey Pines, one of the legendary courses in the country and uh, a scene of one of Tiger's greatest uh, titles ever. So back to Torrey Pines where Phil has spent a lot of time in his life as well. So wouldn't that be something if he could put himself up on the leaderboard sometime during the weekend? Boy, that would that would be exciting. <laughs> Chris, thanks again. Great show. Thank you, Matt. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.